I'm not going to preach tonight. Uh, I don't have an expository message. I, 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 uh, I just want to talk to us as a church. I'm one of you, okay? I used to get paid to go to church, but doggone it, I have to go on my own now and then pay to go. But uh, I, I'm one of you. I'm, just, I'm a church member. I love my church. I love my staff. Uh, I, uh, I want to talk to us about where we are. But I want to use a passage of Scripture. And I'm not just using this, just to use the Scripture. But the book of Acts is a, is, is a, is a book, it's, it's a history of the early days of the church. It uh, talks about the birth of the church and how the church began to scatter. How that Saul was saved and Saul became a, a real mover and a shaker with those early Christians. And uh, Saul and was, was always getting in trouble. He and Silas, his sidekick, they were uh, in Philippi. They were thrown in jail. Anybody here ever been in jail for preaching the gospel? No. <laughs> well, maybe for preaching the gospel. Uh, but they, they were in jail. And uh, Philippian jailer, this is a story of his conversion. But that, that night about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening. Now, you, you wouldn't think that this would be a good place to share the gospel. But the prisoners were listening, and about that time, there was a great earthquake, and the foundations of the prison shook. All the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loose, and the keeper of the prison Awakened from sleeping and seeing the prison doors open, supposing that the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. He knew that his life would be taken. You get the prisoners go and you're a dead man. His life would be taken and so he, uh, he came and, 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 and when he woke up and, and, and Paul saw this and called with a loud voice and said, don't do yourself any harm because we're all here. We're not going anywhere. And he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and he said, Men, sirs, here he is calling these prisoners, sir. What must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved, you and all your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who, and all who were in the house he took them the same night and washed their straps. And immediately he and all of his family were baptized. Uh, that, was a, that was a great, great, great happening in the life of that early church. So unexpected. God's always ready to do the unexpected. 
We, we need to understand that, that God is at work and God is not willing that any should perish. Let's talk about our past for just a moment. I, I know a little about Eastwood Baptist Church. Uh, I know that this body of believers, they were, they, they were here and, and, and then they, they saw opportunities to plant churches everywhere. And, and I know that you planted a Hillview Heights Baptist Church in about 1950-something. And uh, I think you planted it the right way. Knowing some that went with that church, you may have been smiling when a few of them left. But, but the bottom line is you, you have done it in the past like it ought to be done. And uh, you've, uh, you, you've planted more than that church, and we won't have time to discuss all of that. But, but you, you, you've, been, you've been involved in planting churches. And a lot of churches, they plant churches when they split. They just explode and, 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 and then they'll start another church. But you started that church. I think you've started another church or two. And, and, uh, but you, you've done it the right way. A few years ago, and I don't, I don't know exactly when this was nor why, but uh, churches started, as you have done, with the South Campus. You planted another, another station, one church with two locations. And, and that began the way that, you know, a church or two will do that, and then it'll catch on, and, and the convention will start helping to do that and, and, and work in that. I, I served a church before I came to Bowling Green in Jackson, Mississippi, and that church now has five locations, I believe, maybe more in five different cities. And they, they'll, they'll have about 10,000 on Sunday morning worshiping all over Mississippi. They got a congregation in Oxford, Mississippi, where Ole Miss is. They got a congregation in Sharpville, Mississippi, where, where Mississippi State is. They've got a, 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 a in, in Madison, Mississippi, just across from the reservoir. And, and then there's another one there in that particular area. But I'm not sure. But, but it, it, it is one body with different locations. And uh, we've done that here. And I, I learned when I came here, when I, Miss Brenda and I moved back here, uh, that, uh, that we, had, uh, we had one church and two locations. And, and uh, I, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm a slow learner, though. But uh, that we, we weren't ever supposed to say uh, the big church and the little church were one church. But I don't care. I still say the big church and the little church. But we're catching up with you. You better get in a hurry. We have folks saved about every Sunday now. We had a couple Sunday on Wednesday night. Last Wednesday night we had a couple to become a part of the fellowship. Uh, but, but we're one body. We rejoice when God does something here and when God does something out there. I mean, it's, it, it's who we are. But that, that's, that's Eastwood Baptist Church. Eastwood Church, and, and this is a part of our past. I want to ask you something tonight. Now, I know that some of you are new to Eastwood. I, 
you, you got a guy here you're not paying to be a greeter, but you ought to, you couldn't afford him. He, he just made me feel so welcome when I started down the hall. And, uh, uh, but uh, how many of you were saved in the ministry of Eastwood Baptist Church? I mean, you were here and you were saved in this church. Not in another church, but, but in this church. Let me see your hand. Hold your hand up. You are in the minority. You are in the minority. So we have all... Did you want to say something? Uh, uh, please do. I'm through. Please, please say something. I'm through. No, I was kidding. I was kidding. Uh, but... Uh, uh, how many of you... How many of you were saved... Uh, in a church meeting, in a revival, maybe. In a re How many of you were saved in a revival? And they, there may be some of you younger folks that don't even know what a revival is. But uh, uh, how many of you were saved in, 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 in your home? Someone came from the church and visited you in your home and you were saved in the home. Lift high. We're in the, we, you, you, and I see another one back there. You see, folks, I want to tell you, God is at work in the homes, uh, in the church, the church gatherings. How, how many of you were saved uh, maybe not in your home, but on the job at work somewhere, you, you were saved outside the church building. There he is back there. Um, my uh, my background is this, and and I'll I'll try to get through. Uh, or I'll quit, one or the other. But uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My dad was a sharecropper. And, and we were as poor as Job's turkey. Uh, Job's turkey was so poor, you, you couldn't even lean him up against the fence post. But, but he, uh, we were just poor folks. And I don't know, that, did, that shouldn't have kept us out of church. But my dad was not a believer. My mom was not a believer. And, uh, and, and so, Miss Brenda and I got married real young. I, I've asked her mother more than once, why did you let Brenda marry me? And I was as serious as a heart attack. She shouldn't have. I was not a believer. Miss Brenda was the best Methodist that I'd ever known, but at that time, she was not a believer. She had gone through the motion, getting into the Methodist church. Her mom was one of the most godly ladies I've ever known. But uh, we, we, we were married, and, and uh, the pastor and a couple of men in the church they became concerned about me. Thank God for them. 
And they came to our home. And I'd go so far as I would kneel down on that little old peach-colored couch that we had. And I mean, it was, we, 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 we and, and I'd, I never would pray to receive Christ, but I'd kneel there and they'd pray for me. And then they'd talk to me and they'd back up. And, and uh, but I, I didn't, I, I wouldn't trust Christ. I would go by, my next door neighbor was a mechanic. He had a little shop, a little garage in the edge of town there in North Mississippi in Corinth. And, and uh, I would go by there when I would get off from work. I worked in a factory over there that we made telephones. It's the telephones that you put on your desk, you know, on the table. You had a dial on it. Or it was one of those that you screwed to the wall. Some of you never seen one of those. Thank God you're that young. I, I'm glad. But anyway, we... Uh, we made, and I'd, I'd go by there, and he would always take time to quit walking and on, the, on a car, and he'd come up there, and he'd pull out a chair, a little chair, and we'd lean it back against the wall, and he'd go to the Coke machine and open it up and, and get us a Coke, and we'd sit there and talk. I want to tell you about 80% of the time, the conversation would always rotate around to my spiritual condition or lack of it thereof. Chester Harrison, one of the greatest men that I've ever known. He prayed for me and, and I was in church. I was in church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, Wednesday night. Uh, I mean, I was a good Baptist before I ever got saved. And, uh, and, 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 and I was there. I was in Sunday school. Uh, then one night during a revival, I mean, we had, we had one of these, whew, we had one of these loose preachers in, in, in for that revival. And Miss Brenda went to church one night and she was gone and gone and gone and gone. I thought, oh, ain't nobody stays this long at church. But she came in that night and uh, she'd gotten saved. And uh, I said, where have you been? She said, I've been to church. And she said, I got saved. I said, well, you going to get up, your, you, are you going to give up your snuff? No, I didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> but, 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 but she got saved. And, and the next night I went to church. I didn't think that preacher would ever get through preaching. And, but I was under conviction. And so I went forward and I talked to the pastor and, it was all an emotional experience because they had been praying for me. I was not a good guy, and they'd been praying for me. And I had heard the pastor and a couple of the deacons that my neighbor was one of them talking one night. We were having a, we were working. We we were working on the church, re reworking the educational space, and. One of them said, what are we going to do with Gary Watkins? And the other one said, I think we're just going to have to let him die and go to hell. 
But that night I went forward and God was working and I began the process of getting saved and I, 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 I didn't have the assurance and I went back to my pastor a few weeks later and God gave me the assurance of salvation. And I was saved in my pastor's home. Actually, I'd gone over there after church one night, knocked on his door, and he, uh, he thought I was a man down the road. Now, I didn't say street. I said the road. And he thought I was a man down the road that every time he got drunk, he wanted to get saved. And he thought I was the guy down the road that was wanting to get saved, but I was... I, I, I wasn't the guy down the road, but I was wanting to get my salvation settled. And I went in there and did that. What I'm saying is, there's a lot of lost folks out there. And they can get saved in here or out there. In their home or down at the garage. Not long after I was saved, that pastor left, and I was put on a pastor search committee. I was about as qualified as I'm telling you. I, 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 I don't know why they put unqualified folks on committees. Do we do that here? Oh, baloney. We're a Baptist church, aren't we? Uh, but uh, they put me on a pastor search committee. And uh, we called a pastor. wasn't long after we called a pastor that we called that pastor. His name was Arliss Grice. He was in Luxahoma Baptist Church when we called him, and he came there. It wasn't long after that till he said, "Hey, Gary, I want you to go visiting with me." Oh, I knew he meant soul winning because he was the most serious guy. He and Ray Newcomb ran together. They really did. They were in school together at Blue Mountain. And uh, I said, okay. So I went out with him that night, knocking on doors, soul winning. You ever done that? A lot of fun. It'll scare you to death. But uh, we, we, we went up there, and we stopped, and we knocked on that door. And that was probably in 1961 or so. I'm not sure. But I promise you, I can take you tonight and I can show you where that house was that we went to. That's the first night, first time I'd ever gone soul winning. And he went up there and he knocked on the door, the pastor did. I rattled more than the door did. I was scared spitless. And I went in and I sat down behind an old, big old wood stove. And it was, it, was, it was during the wintertime. It was cold, but I tried to hide behind that stove because uh, I was afraid the pastor was going to call on me and ask me something. And I really, I didn't want anybody to come to the door. You ever been, have you ever done that? That's not the last time I did that. I've, I've knocked on the door and rang the doorbell a lot of times and sort of wished, I hope they're not at home. I, that guy's got a reputation. But... Uh, but 
But we, we, we went in and he witnessed. And you know what we're using here now as a tool in our witnessing? Turning conversations into gospel presentations. We didn't have all of that then. Things have changed. We, we just had the Roman road. We, we had either a Bible or a New Testament. It had to be a King James Version and, and usually Schofield. I mean, I mean you, you were spiritual if you had the Schofield notes. Uh, some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. But uh, that's what the conservatives used. And am I not right? That's what the conservatives used. We've got a brother over here that's been up in the other part of Kentucky. He's used that Schofield Bible. But uh, we, 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 we had that Roman road, Romans 3.23. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You've sinned. And I've sinned. Everybody sins except my granddaughter. She hadn't sinned. But anyway, uh, the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. And you would write right there by that Romans 3.23, you would write next to that in parentheses, Romans 6.23. That was your next, uh, next verse. Uh, but we had that Roman road, and then they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We'd go through that. We, 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 since then, we have used uh, four spiritual laws. We came here in 76. Emil Turner, who was the director of Campus Crusade for Christ, was on the hill. And he was a part of our fellowship, and, and uh, he introduced our church to uh, the poor spiritual laws. We use that. Let me just tell you, there's no bad way to lead a man to Christ or a lady. There's no, there, there's no bad way. I don't have time to tell you all of this, but if y'all will pay me well and invite me back, I'll come. Tell you, tell, you, tell you other stuff. We're going backward as a domination. We're losing ground and have been for a number of years. We have a, we, 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 there's a movement in church planting now. And we're planting churches like crazy. But we're also closing churches like crazy. And we have less churches after we have planted a lot of churches. We have less churches every year, it seems like. Get on, get on, you can get on, Google, Google that. You can Google everything now. But uh, we... Uh, we're, 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 we're losing ground. Listen to me, and I'm telling you, I'm giving you church history now. There'll be churches 
in the middle of a community that is growing like crazy. And that church will be dying. I went, uh, I don't want to get too close to home, but I, I attended church several weeks ago, a few months ago, because there was a speaker that was in town and, and uh, I knew him back in Mississippi and, and I wanted to go hear him and I went to this church and this is in the, this is in the, the, the fastest growing part of Warren County. And you, that's South Warren County. I mean, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure that one out. But it was, it was in that area. And I went in that church and it was, I mean, I, I know it was dying. It was dying. And I, I'm telling you just, and, and you know what the term buku means? Anybody need to know what buku means? That means a bunch, a big old bunch, bukus of houses were being built. And the church was declining. Churches don't grow by accident. It doesn't just happen. You don't win people to the Lord just by happen chance stance. Got to be intentional. And I'm through. But I'm talking to us as church members, okay? We're brothers in Christ. We're part of this fellowship. But we've got to be intentional in reaching people, sharing the gospel. I won't tell you, if they hadn't come to my house, I'd be knocking on the door of hell tonight. But they came to my house, talked to me about Jesus, invited me to really give that serious consideration. I did. That night during that revival service, God really got a hold of my heart. wasn't long after that that I sensed God took in my heart to, to preach. I was 24 years old, six years out of high school, had never been to college. And God called me to preach, and Miss Brenda and I knew that we needed to be prepared. So... We made a commitment Wednesday night at church. The next morning, before I got out of bed, my phone rang. And there was a man that wanted to buy my home. Our home. I say my home. Our home. We had a little house and 17 acres of land. And I'm just telling you, by noon that day, we were living in that man's house. You didn't have to get approved and go through a long process we went to the bank that day and I guess he had the money or got the money but he wrote me a check Miss Brenda and I paid for that house now we didn't have much invested in it but 
I'm just telling you, that's the way God worked. That was the late August in September. I was not even enrolled in school, but they, I talked to them on the phone. They said, come on down, man. We'll get you in school at William Carey Baptist College, William Carey University now. I'm a university grad, not a college grad. But anyway, I mean, we had two children, and it has been a ride. God had been so good. I'd like to hear your story sometime. And I promise you, if you'll buy my lunch, I'll come and listen to you. Hey, I'm through, but thank you all. Ed, thank you. This may be my last chance. But uh, thank you. Whatever we do, let's do it.